Good morning. There's a show on the Discovery Channel, uh, perhaps you've seen it, uh, and it's called Dirty Jobs with host Mike Rowe. He did, uh, Mike did a lot of voiceover stuff for Discovery uh, for years and then kind of got his big break seeking out the, the dirtiest jobs in the land. I, I would show you an episode or part of an episode, but I, I realize we're going to eat lunch in about an hour. And so I'll save you from the, the stomach ache. Uh, but I did want to tell you about one episode that I saw recently where, where Mike went to the Jelly Belly factory uh, in California. And I realize that doesn't sound very gross or dirty. Just wait. It gets, it gets better. Uh, because he was going to help them make a new jelly bean flavor based on the smell of his feet. And they were going to call it Dirty Boot. And so... I don't know, I didn't get to see how they extracted the smell exactly, but I did see them mixing it in the bowl and then they're passing it around, letting everyone get a whiff of it. And I thought, wow, that would be a tough job to have to smell that and mix it every day and throw it in there with all the other beans. But then the thought occurred to me as I'm watching this, this show, there's probably a, a worse job at that factory, and that's the taste tester of that jelly bean. Because somebody's got to determine, is that a good one or is that a bad one? And I don't know how exactly you would do that. But that would be, that would be a tough job. Last week, I, I asked our, our teenagers. I kind of went around and polled them. I didn't tell them what I was using it for. Uh, but I, I videoed and said, what do you think the most important job that there is? What, what's the most important job that you can think of? So here are their responses. There's a lot of important jobs listed there, uh, but McKenna mentioned the one that I really wanted to talk about today, because uh, I, I truly believe that being a parent is the most important, maybe the toughest, maybe even the dirtiest job that I can think of. Uh, but parents, I, I know that you're up to the task. And just in case you, you feel like, well, I don't fit in the category of parent, so I can tune out, I can go to sleep, uh, don't go to sleep just yet, because... In reality, if, if you're a grandparent, if you're an involved aunt or uncle or cousin or volunteer here at church or at school, then, then you have a responsibility too. You have a task before you as well. Because the saying is true, it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm a little biased, but I think we got a great village 
uh, right here. So you're not off the hook. Parents, your, your job is, is the most important. You're teaching your child how to behave, how to, how to treat others, how to see themselves, how to, how to know about God and, and love God. And unlike the CEO of a major corporation, if you're doing a bad job, you can't get fired and then collect your paycheck. You can't say, well, I really messed that up. I have no more responsibility. I, I'd like my big fat paycheck. I'll, I'll walk away from that. No, we can't walk away. We know that. We have to stick to it. We have to keep doing and, and getting better at this parenting thing. And so I wanted you to know that you are appreciated for the work that you put in. It's noticed. It pays off. And people today, they know how hard it is to raise a child. People know that. So I just want you to, I wanted you to know that this morning. And I also wanted to remind you of, of two other things that, that are yours. I've got to catch up on my slides. Earlier, Jerry uh, read our scripture, and I wanted to read it again uh, for us. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with, and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and you, when you get up. And Jerry, I appreciate the emphasis that you put into reading that this morning. I really appreciate that. And I'm going to pause right there for the moment. I read this passage just a couple of weeks ago during our, our special parent class where we talked about kind of rites of passages and, and giving, giving our parents some materials where they can make ceremonies and, and symbols to really connect with their kid for each year uh, going through 6th grade to 12th grade. But I wanted to share it again today because... You know, if, if that's not a call for, for parents to be active and intentional with their kids, I don't, I don't know what is. Because, I mean, just looking at this, this verse, the first part, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything that you have, basically. Well, we know that that's a sermon series in and of itself, right? But when we look at why the Israelites were told that they have to have it on their heart, they have it on their heart to impress them on their children, to urge their children to know God more. And we're even given examples of, of how to do that. So he doesn't just stop there, but he gives us examples of how to do that. And the first one is to talk to your child about the love of God. Some of the time? No. All the time. All the time. So that's the first thing I wanted to remind you of this morning is your voice. Your voice is the loudest in the life of your child. You know, Brian and I get to spend uh, a lot of time with, with children and teenagers uh, during the week. But we don't spend near, amount, near the amount of time that you do. Uh, that's why Brian tells us over and over again, what you do at home is more important than what we do at church. Not because what we do, do here is not important, not because worship's not important, not because class is not important. We believe all those things are vital and important. 
I'd be out of a job if I didn't believe that was important. But we're, and we're not, not knocking all those, all those things. But we're basically saying, you get to spend more time with your kids. At, at best, I may get three hours a week. That's about this. I think Brian probably about the same. D- depending on events or whatever, we get about three hours a week. And you get a whole lot more. And so, bottom line, you get more opportunities. You get more teaching moments. You get more chances to talk to them about loving God and what that looks like than we do. Your, your voice is the loudest in their life. And there may be times where you feel like, man, it's not getting through. My voice can't be the loudest because they're not hearing what I'm saying. But I want to encourage you because the instant they hear a a phrase a second time from a teacher, from me, from any other adult, the response is almost always the same. And they say, yeah, that's what my dad says. Yeah, my mom told me that this morning. So it's getting in there. It's sticking. You don't always want to comply, right? But it's getting in there. Uh, So keep... Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Because here's the kicker. It'll never be heard if it's never said. I know that's revolutionary, right? That's powerful. Uh, a few years ago, when we were uh, still doing uh, mission trips to Mexico, uh, Stacy Green kind of dubbed some of my sayings as brucisms because I was saying very obvious things, but I was trying to make them sound very wise. Uh, and apparently, I didn't mean to. I was just on a roll, I guess, that week. And I'd say things like, when we see it, we know we're, ne- we know we're near. Like, obviously, we know we're going to be near if you can see it. But... So here, here's another one. If, <laughs> it will never be heard if it's never said. So remember that your voice is the loudest in their life. And then use it. Second half of that verse. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here's the second thing I wanted to remind you as parents. It's your lead. No, we're not keeping score. It's not really about who's in charge. It's, it's about the example that you're setting. It's about the example that you're setting. The Iditarod is known as the last great race on earth. It's an annual long-distance dog sled race that goes from Anchorage to Nome, covers a little over a thousand miles, and teams of 16 dogs and a driver will make that distance in about 9 to, to 14 days. Now, on a dog sled team, there's many important parts. Uh, it's, it's actually a very good analogy for one body, many parts that we read about in, in 1 Corinthians and, and Ephesians as well. But for today, what I wanted to really kind of focus on, since we're talking about your lead, is the lead dog. Sometimes there's one, sometimes there's two. Have you ever, you ever seen the lead dog forget that it's in front? Maybe you don't watch dog sled races. I watch them all the time. I can't get enough of those. But um, maybe you haven't even, I mean, have you even heard of something like that happening? I can't. I can't remember ever hearing a time where the dog in the front forgot he was in the front. And maybe it's because of of its focus. Uh, Maybe it's because of its determination. Maybe it's because there are 
14 to 15 yapping, snarling, uh, loud, teethy mouths behind it. And it's not really so much leading, it's just running for its life. I don't, I don't know, which now that I think about that, that's actually kind of a good illustration for maybe your family. Maybe you're, you're not really leading your family, you're just running away from your children and they keep following you. Uh, but whatever, regardless, whatever the motivation, the lead dog never forgets that he's in the lead, that it's up front, that everyone's following him. I'm going to, I'm going to show you a commercial uh, that was shown in Great Britain that emphasizes what happens when we forget that we're setting the example. I don't know about you, but that strikes a chord with me. As, as we see in that video, some, some parents sometimes forget that, that they're in the lead. And we, we just can't forget that. It's just too important. I was listening on the radio uh, this past week, and, and KV&E was talking about it being Pay It Forward Thursday. Now, if you're not familiar with that phrase... Uh, Pay It Forward kind of came, that, that phrase became popular when a movie came out uh, years ago. And this child had this idea, if I do something good for three people, and then I, now I tell him, you have to do something good for three more people. So it's three, and it keeps, it keeps it multiplying and multiplying until people are, are doing these good deeds that are helping other people. And so they were, that's not really what they were talking about on the radio. They were talking more about this latest trend of going into Chick-fil-A or, or Wendy's and you're paying for the car behind you. And then the car pulls up, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll pay for the car behind me. And just kind of seeing how long it goes. Uh, so they were talking about examples of that, and I thought, wow, that's, that's actually a very good opportunity. I mean, I've heard that before, but to hear it on the radio again, that's a good opportunity for me to show my family what it looks like to care for people, you know? And then, moreover, the thought occurred to me, here's, here's a way that people can do this. I mean, we can just determine to make a pay-it-forward Monday, Tuesday, whatever the day is, and show our children how important it is to love others and to help them. You know, when we, when we demonstrate what it means to be a Christ follower, we're actually walking the walk. We're not just talking the talk. We're actually doing it. We, we discuss biblical truths and in our youth classes and how to apply them but it's another thing altogether to to see it firsthand to witness it firsthand or even so to to experience it firsthand to be in that car and be excited as a family we just paid for five cars back there what can't wait to see their faces it'd be so great that's 
that's something entirely different than just talking about it. I mean, that's, that's a really good reason to go on a mission trip, right? I mean, to go experience it firsthand. We can see mission reports, and those are good, but what, you get energized when you're in the field, when you're there. And so perhaps you've never thought of it this way before, but, but every day could be a mission trip. I know some of your schedules, I know what y'all do, some, uh, some of y'all do, do during the week, and I know every day can be an adventure, that's for sure. But it could also be, it could also be a mission trip. Because when you, when you leave on a mission trip, you have a certain mindset, right? You're, you're focused on others. You're not focused so much on yourself anymore, you're focused on others. And granted, yeah, it's, it's hard to do that day in and day out, with, with everything that goes on in life. But what if, what if we made a more concerted effort? What if we were trying to be more intentional about it? Put something on the calendar. What if we decided to have a pay it forward Thursday or a mission Monday in your family? How, how will our young people, how will our children know what ethical living is if we don't show them? How will they know what Bible study is what it looks like if we don't show them. I mean, how, how, will, we, how will they know what devotion to, to your friends, to your wife, husband, to your family, to your church, how will they know what that looks like if we don't show them? And, and thinking back to our, our dog sled illustration of the lead dog, listen to what the lead dog does. It follows a trail... It guides through storms. It sets the speed for the team in the race. And the qualities of a good lead dog are intelligence, initiative, common sense, and the ability to find the trail in bad conditions. Deuteronomy 6 was telling the Israelites, and I, and I think we can apply it to ourselves too, that how powerful your voice and your lead can be to your children. You get to set the pace for your family. You get to guide them through the storms of life. You use your intelligence, some initiative, hopefully common sense, and you're guiding them through the rough times, staying on trail, staying on the path. It's a tough job, but you're up to it. You're up to the task. And, and, and you are not alone. You're not alone. The, the shepherds here, the, uh, the, the leadership here, we want to do whatever we can to help you in doing that. It's not, we want to help you in, in raising your family. We want to help you in becoming more devoted Christ followers. And so that's one reason why we're, we're having this Understanding Your Teenager seminar, while we're bringing Jim Burns in. Uh, he's written numerous books. Uh, Confident Parenting, uh, Faith Conversations for Families. These are just a couple of the books he's, he's written. He does seminars across the nation. We want to provide you with resources. And so I want to encourage you. I'm going to make a little plug for it. Where did that flyer go? Here it is. I'd, I just want to encourage you to, to if, if you've got a teenager or, or preteen in, in your life that you have influence on, I want to encourage you to come back today at 3 p.m. Uh, I think it's going to be a great day.
But parents, don't, don't forget how much we, we value the work that you do as your job as the parent. And bottom line, we want to help you. We want to help you as you do your job using your voice and your lead for your children. You're not alone. If there's any need that, that you have, if, if there's anything we can pray for as a church, uh, we want to do that. If, if you're ready to put on Christ in baptism and, and lead an example that will demonstrate to others that Christ is in your life, we want to encourage you to do that. And so if there's any need that you have, if, if you would come forward as, as we stand and as we sing this song.